Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryant of Iowa. Michelle Willis, a lot of gaming commission. Francois Pina, captain of the Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. I didn't like their man. Welcome, everybody, to episode eight of Sine Waves Pod. Seven? No. It's our eighth movie. It's our eighth movie. But if you count episode zero. Yeah, if you count the, uh, well, if you count the bonus episode. Yeah. Oh, so if you count episode zero, then it balances out. I don't know. Sure. It's somewhere in that. We've been doing this for two months. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to episode. Yeah. We've been uploading for two months. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing this for three months. Yeah. Welcome to the three-month anniversary of Sinewave Pod, a show all about the peaks and valleys of actors' career and the wider Hollywood ecosystem in general. I'm your host, Hannah, with my friend, Sean. Hello. Yay. Um, <laughs> joining us, this is our first major arc of the show, What's the Matter, with Matt Damon. We'll talk all things Matt Damon. And Sean, I think yeah. we're starting to get into a run of movies that actually A, exist, yeah. and are B, really good. I think that that run is going to be starting very soon. I think it's... You don't like this film. I am saying nothing. The film we're talking about today is Courage Under Fire, the 1996 film. We're so close. Oh, we're so close. Uh, 1996 film by Edward Zwicks. It looks like Switch, but it's not. Z-W-I-C. Zwick. Zwick. By Edward Zwick, starring Denzel Washington, Meg Ryan, Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, Michael Moriarty, Matt Damon, <laughs> Seth Graham, Bron- uh, Bronzo Pico, and Scott Glenn. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is a movie. This is this is a movie. A lot of helicopters. A lot first, of helicopters in this movie. A lot of my first movie watching this in preparation. Uh, I like watched it with my parents, which is the first one of these movies I've watched with my parents. Yeah. My dad was having a great time. Yeah, you were saying your dad loved this. I don't know if he loved this, but I think he okay. like he has he's one of those men like of a certain generation, um, that he just sees helicopters in a movie, and even if it's only okay, he's like I I enjoyed this because I got to see some Hueys, sure, and some Blackhawks, yeah. Um, Imagine being that kind of person. Are you that kind of person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Are you looking at? I'm so I can never tell with you, Sean. You're such a goblin when it comes to your film takes. My thoughts on this film will become clear as we talk about it, I think. Um, but before we get into Courage Under Fire, we have to talk about some other media we've consumed in recent days. Hell yeah. Sean. Yeah. How are the X-Men? <laughs> I like that that's, that's, that is always my first line. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realise I was doing it until I started listening yeah. back and I was like, how are they? How are they? Now tell me about the X-Men. Uh, we only got one issue of X-Men this week. We're recording on a Wednesday again, so it's New Comics Day. We've got Immortal X-Men number 13. Which one's that? Um, this, I recognise him. This is uh, Cypher. Yes. Yeah, so this series is all about like the, the ruling council of the, the mutant nation that they all live on now. And what it was, was each issue was about, like, focusing on one of them. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, as it was coming up to the 12th issue, because there are 12 members of the council, mm. we were like, okay, it's probably just going to end at number 12. And we're like, wait a minute. There isn't 12 members of the council. There's another one. Because the island that they live on is alive. 
and it's kind of the most important one. Uh, so, but the island can't talk, so Cypher is like the island's best buddy. Yeah, uh, Cypher is a, a mutant whose like power is to speak any language, so he's kind of the the power I want. Hell yeah! <laughs> that was always my, you know, the, the that that question, which is, would you rather play every instrument or speak every language? Yeah, speak every language. I would play every instrument. See, some people people who are good at music always say yeah. the instrument one, and I'm dyslexic, so I'm like, let me learn a language. Please. Very fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this issue was. Was it good? So good. Is it uh, the end of this set then? Yeah, so it is going on for another couple of issues, but from the covers, the next couple of issues are going to be fucked up. I don't know what they're going to be about, because in two weeks, the fall of X is happening. Yes, yes. And this is leading up to it. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this page. So I've seen, is... I've, not, I've done my introductory to X-Men yeah. reading, a.k.a. I've read Hoxpox. Yeah. So to describe this to the play the players the audience the players the players um, <laughs> for this interactive section in of this the interactive podcast. section you've yeah. got Cipher who's just a twink he's I'm, just a twink he's yeah. just he a is, twink yeah, yeah. Um, and a big pink man is that sinister that's Exodus who the fuck's Exodus yeah good question <laughs> Exodus is a character who like put onto the council at the beginning of this big reboot and fully did nothing kind of except like tell spooky stories to kids at night until this started up when he became an actual cool character he is his whole thing is his powers are fueled by like people having like almost a religious belief in him uh he's got like super strength he can fly he can shoot energy or whatever he also fought in the crusades <laughs> that's not chill <laughs> yeah um oh i'm gonna read well, this speech out to the audience because it's yeah. baller yeah yeah <coughs> You know, in my job as a kid, is I used to always be sent up to mass to go do the readings because oh, really? I liked reading so much. Hell my yeah. parents would be like, "Okay, you need to practice this like six times because <laughs> you can't read." And yeah. I'm like, this, uh, is this is big spoilers for Immortal X Men. For all of X Men, actually, this page is. Don't put it in again. <laughs> He's gonna put it in again. I have no control over the edit. I know we all keep on talking about human thinking. Is this Cypher or... This is Cypher speaking, yeah. Speaking as because Krakatoa or... Speaking for Krakoa, yeah. Because yeah. what happens at the beginning of this issue... Like, this whole thing has been all about, like, political plays between different members of the council and building tension. And at the beginning of this issue, one of them finally fucking snaps and loses it and starts trying to kill everyone. Is that... <laughs> um, this pig? Yeah. He basically says, yeah, we've got this big pit that we put our criminals into, but... Like, do you really think you could put me in there? Or do you really think you could put, like, Storm or Magneto in there? Do you think if we didn't want to be in there, we couldn't just stop you? And then the government falls apart. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when the prison's uh, overrun. Yeah. Uh, um, I know we all keep on talking about human thinking, but believing you can build a utopia from scratch and it all goes perfectly, that's the most human thinking thing of all. History is full of fallen utopias put together by those who thought themselves entirely unpredictable people. You are right, Exodus. We are not people. We have never had a chance to be people. We're just people. Singular when we're alone. Oh my god. Yeah. We have to find a way to be otherwise, and that needs time. We don't have time. But we do this. We buy Krakatoa space. Maybe we can be a people. Maybe we can be the Krakatoa you always wanted. I move to dissolve this council. Any objections? <laughs> Thank you. I breathe easily yeah. for the first time in a year. Yeah. Woo! 
Uh, and then he gets sent into... Does he go into the pit? Does so, they put him in the pit? What happens is the whole... the whole way, The whole way through this issue, he's saying that he's really... He, like, he's buds with the island. And he knows that if anything starts going really bad, the island is going to take care of him and send him somewhere safe. And that's what's happening here. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. That's not good. No, it's not. It's uh, not good. Yeah. Who's this woman? Uh, is she new? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it? Yeah, don't worry about it. You've, <laughs> you've met her before. <gasps> I'm sure I know. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what's going yeah. on with the X-Men. What's going on with the X-Men? You're very excited for... Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, also in comics this week, uh, Fish Flies number one came out. It was fine. It was alright. Mid? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I usually really like Jeff Lemire's stuff. Don't know why this isn't doing it for me, but it's not. I also feel like uh, the things I find difficult with comics is I think they take a long time to like warm up. Yeah, definitely. Just... Yeah. So when you're reading stuff like issue to issue, you're like... Yeah. Um... What has Hannah been reading? Yeah. I finished my Shirley Jackson book after a yeah. month. It's okay. Sure. Short stories, I think, are always kind of inherently weird format because mm. you get you get really into one and then finish it. Yeah. Yeah. So I started reading um, because I'm a white woman in my mid twenties. Um, <laughs> not reading Colleen Hoover. Don't get don't get worried. <laughs> this ends with us <laughs> or whatever the fuck it's called. It's, it? It's fun. It's okay. fun. I'm reading Daisy Jones and the Six by uh, Oh, there was Taylor Jenkins. There was a TV show about a it. TV show, yeah. Uh, by Reese Witherspoon. We need to talk about Reese Witherspoon's Empire at some stage. Okay. Oh, Reese Witherspoon again. Very would be a very fascinating podcast. Not oh, the spreadsheet. Ah, but basically what Reese Witherspoon did is like she was in all these movies in the mid-2000s and then she kind of had what happens I think to a lot of like female actresses of she hit her like mid-30s and they just stopped making movie roles for her because she wasn't in her okay. 20s anymore. So what she she kind of rebuilt her career but how she did it was she's a big reader so she just started her own production company. Oh, cool. So she would like find books she has this like Reese book club, so she finds books. Oh, I think I've heard about this. She yeah. like makes a market for the books, and then she can take that like audience that she's built and like sell it as like production. So like it's called Hello Sunshine. Okay. So cool. like where the crawdads sing, um, little fires everywhere. These are books your mothers have read. Yeah. I've also read them. Um, <laughs> but the, besides that, uh, Taylor Jenkins Reese, she's a really fun. Like it's a book. It's a light summary. It's not gonna be like a Nobel prize winning or book or anything mm. but that one's interesting because it's basically definitely not fleetwood mac it's fleetwood mac uh, yeah. um but it's like an oral history of the band from like their formation oh cool so you're getting all their different like opinions on like the same night and stuff sure so you're getting like the two sides of like people like realizing they're into each other and like deciding to cool you know so it's, it's a chill book read after my horror short story collection <laughs> um no homeland i did oh, Actually, no homeland. I have watched. I've i taken a step back because <laughs> no reconsidered homeland. No, because I'm watching it with my mom now. Because I, ah, I and, okay, I, and I just haven't been home. I did watch another episode, and a lot had happened in that episode. Okay. <laughs> episode is they tell Brody that Walker's alive and Brody is like in 
shock because yeah. he's like, I thought, yeah, I, I thought him. I killed him. Yeah. So the episode basically is so you you know this beforehand because they show you after the memorial. Um, Walker was married and had like a child, and his wife assumed he was dead, yeah. and remarried. Very understandable, especially mm. if you've been a POW for like eight years, I yeah. think. And so the episode is basically like the they basically realize that Walker is ca- calling the wife's um, phone to hear the voice machine to hear her voice. Oh shit! Okay. So they're basically camped out and they're trying to catch him calling. So she answers the phone and she don't speak to him because she knows. And there's this whole episode about like the episode's called your Achilles heel. So it's basically okay. like what's everyone's Achilles heel. Sure. Um, it's a good episode. And basically, there's a moment where like she answers the phone and the wife's like very like I've betrayed my husband. I thought he was dead. And Carrie's like you were just doing what you thought was like the right thing to do. And then she picks up and Walker's there and they're like talking and she's like, I'm so sorry, honey, you need to go. You need to run. They're coming for you. Because oh, they're shit. trying okay. to, they're doing the like. Yeah, triangulation. Yeah. yeah. So they're like chasing after him like a SWAT team and the SWAT team fucks up big time. Oh, really? He runs into a mosque and then. Oh, no. You don't realize it's a mosque, but he runs into this like building and the SWAT team um, runs in after him and they see someone run up to them and they gun them down and they kill two people who are at their morning prayers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this show is insane. I love it. This is one of the tame seasons. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, but big fucking twist. Big fucking twist. Uh-huh. Brody is not doing well about the fact Walker's alive. I would imagine. He's freaking out. Yeah. He's just been cleared of being a terrorist and he finds out his best buddy's a terrorist. Yeah. But then it's really weird when he ends up going to um, someone who's definitely been linked with this terrorist cell's house to have a conversation with them. Ooh. And then you find out that Brody is a fucking terrorist. <laughs> and he thought Walker was dead. <laughs> so he's like, I've tricked this woman. I've convinced yeah, and her. And now the one person who can like... The one Give the game the... away is back. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, but they, the two, two of them don't realise they're alive. So Walker thinks Brody's dead, and Brody thought Walker was dead. Yeah. So they're basically have two people. Oh, okay. They so they two... both think... They... Are they both terrorists? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, Carrie thinks Brody's legit now. Oh, shit. Okay, because but... they banged or whatever. But because they had their big confrontation, and she believes them now. Okay. But he's not. He actually is a terrorist. Damn. And then I was like, hee hee hee. And I have four episodes left of the series, so hopefully I will finish it before. The next, uh, oh. next record, probably not. Something yeah. that Sean hopes to finish soon is Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. How's that going, buddy? Fucking great. I love this game. Uh, I, when it came out, it came out a couple of weeks ago. I spot um, water all over myself. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out a couple of weeks ago. I took the first two days and came out to do nothing else except play it. And it was a fucking blast. I went to go clubbing. Yeah, then we went clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to Claire and I was deathly ill for a few days. Yeah, so you actually haven't been playing. Because I was like, oh, I'm surprised Sean has a talk about it. But like now that I think about it, you I actually haven't actually played that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's the plot of this one? Oh, fuck those crystals. Uh, Are the crystals not your home slice? No, not in this one. Oh. Fuck the crystals. <laughs> uh, this game is... 
It's very refreshing. Sorry, I had a thought that made me go on. <laughs> it was like Dare campaign in like the 1980s. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck the crystal. The crystal. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, very refreshing uh, in the times that we live in to have, or even just a story that's like one of the big themes is about violence and the effect that it has on people. Yeah. Very refreshing to have a story come down pretty hard on the side that no, sometimes violence is good actually. <laughs> Sometimes, in order to throw off the shackles of your oppressors, you have to mount a violent revolution against them. To quote Hamilton, you've got a right, love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the crystals are fucking everything up. We're going killing them all. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of everything getting fucked up, uh-huh. you're going on a little trip to go see a fucked up little man's movie. Uh, it's Wednesday now. Yeah, had to check that that's true. It's Wednesday now. This Saturday, I will be getting on a plane and flying. Up and on a plane to London. <laughs> <laughs> flying across the sea to London uh, to see the premiere of. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, Cade, The Tortured Crossing. The most recent film from the greatest living filmmaker, possibly the greatest filmmaker of all time, Neil Breen. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for me too. <laughs> um, I was talking to our friend Sab the other day. Mm. Or I was talking to Lucy about uh, the Neil Breen, potential Neil Breen series. And she went, I actually don't think you should do it. Because I think yeah, I actually think you wouldn't just not be happy. I think Hannah would just be miserable yeah. for three months. It wouldn't, one episode would be funny. As three months of it would be maybe torturous. A, maybe a special, a little birthday special for her. A birthday Benny for you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, very excited for that. Can't wait to see his uh, masterful use of CGI in action. Have they? Yeah, because... I still, I think about Faithful Findings every once in a while. <laughs> Don't, it's just... It's a film. It sure is. It's, it exists. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a similar note, I've been watching a couple episodes of The Good Doctor You're talking since about this. last time. <laughs> Is this what you and your flatmate were talking, alluding to earlier? Yeah. Is he a good surgeon? I don't know. He's kind of terrible at his job, but then... He's very good at surgery. He's decent at surgery, yeah. He's pretty okay at it. Uh, What he's really good at is just saying things and then... Like making wild assumptions about a case, and then they just by luck kind of turn out to be true later on. Yeah, most recent episode was a two-parter in which uh, there were two conjoined twins, and one of them was having heart issues, so they like separate the twins because they're conjoined at the head. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, one of them's having heart issues, so they separate them, and then the other one goes into a coma because they had to cut through like brain matter or whatever and then they're like okay so maybe if this one doesn't wake up from her coma which it doesn't look like she's going to give take, her the heart give her the heart yeah oh my can you imagine how traumatizing yeah. that would be so then they're like okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna reconjoin them briefly so that the coma twins heart can support the other one's heart for a little bit while they make the decision and when they reconjoin them they reconjoin them at like the leg she wakes up what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fully just like the power of sisterhood or whatever. It's wild. 
that's not how that works. No, it's not. <laughs> they don't even make an attempt to explain how it happens. It just does. What? What? Yeah. Um, do you have any media to talk about before I do my little silly rant? Uh, the Nimona movie came out. I've read that comic. I really, yeah, I really the... like um, and the Stephenson. Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, their stuff's great. Yeah, uh, movie's good. It's a fun time. You should watch it. I, I highly recommend. I had a very fun time with it. Dev Patel is. Rizamed. Yes. Yeah, not Dev Patel. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just did a microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz is Nimona. I don't know how I feel about Chloe Grace Moretz as an actress. She's good in this. She's good as a voice actress. She's good as a voice actress. I don't yeah. know if she's a very good actress. I haven't actually seen her in much. I have. She I, pops up a lot. Yeah. I feel like there was some like young adult thing that she was in. The when, Fifth Wave. Uh, I don't know. The Fifth Wave. She was in 500 seen... Days of Summer, my favorite movie to watch on an airplane. Let me let me go and troll through her filmography. No. Nope. Try and figure <laughs> this out. Uh, she was in a, a thing made by Jonathan Nolan recently. Oh, was... she was in Kick-Ass. Yes. That's that's what I'm thinking of. She's good in Kick-Ass, I yeah, think. Yeah, she was. She's one of those people, I think she was a child actor, and she's very good as a child actor. I think she's kind of struggled yeah. since she's become, like, someone in her mid-twenties. Yeah. To, like... Because obviously she's famous enough that she can kind of do whatever she wants, but then she can kind of do whatever she wants, you know? Yeah, so things that she's been in since, like... Kick-Ass? Uh, no, that was, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was like a decade ago. Yeah, but like 2021, she was in the the live action Tom and Jerry film. Oh God, I forgot that exists. Yeah, The Adams Family 2 and Mother Android, which is a uh, like... Mother! Sorry. Mother! <laughs> uh, it's a like kind of trashy sci-fi film that was put up onto Netflix almost immediately after release. Okay. Yeah. That's not great. Nope. What's also not great yeah. is the treatment of Nick DeVries. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw some tweets about this. Yeah, I was me. going to ask you about it, but it was late and I was sleepy. So, oh, I'm really sorry. F1 is a wonderful sport. Yeah. The worst thing about it, I, it, it's great. I think this is why it's so fun to be... What the thing about being an F1 fan nowadays anyway is the racing is kind of secondary, which is, I know, pisses off a lot of fans. But for me, like, I like watching the races. But it's everything else I, that makes me love the sport. And the thing that's so different about it compared to, say, football or rugby or anything, is your contract can get voided at any time. Okay. So there's not, like, a, a set period of time where it's, like, say, January to March. It's, like, this is when, you know, this is when all the moving and shaking happens. So F1 has this thing called Silly Season. Okay. And is that the official title? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's what, like, like F1, the F1 Twitter will be like, oh, I guess Silly Season has started. Oh, shit, okay. And Silly Season's basically when, because a lot of the contracts are only for, like, yearly or every two years. And around this time, it's normally July, sometimes it's August. It's basically when the, fir- the, the this year's round of contract stuff will start kind of happening. Because obviously we're about halfway through the season and it's like, okay, we've seen you this good. We want to lock you down for an extension or you're fired or whatever. And last year's silly season was treacherous for Hannah. (laughs) Go on. (sighs) My favorite man. One of my favorite. I love Seb. Seb and Nancy retired. Sean was here when this happened. Yeah. I was unwell. She was very sad. I was so upset. Um... 
Well, part of the chain reaction of Seb retiring is a lot of people kind of got... They basically, they took all the F1 drivers and they shook them like dice and they threw them out. Okay. Um, and they, loads of different movements happened. But one of the main movements that happened was um, McLaren, which is one of the most famous... We'll, we'll meet with the founder of McLaren when we watch Ford versus Ferrari. Next year. Next year, <laughs> McLaren, which is a very famous team, fired one of their drivers, a guy called Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo... Oh, he's... He's Drive to Survive Man. With a big yeah, team. The, guy, the guy that I think is actually pretty decent. They fired him. Okay. Um, they like voided his contract. They fired him really unceremoniously. And it was really, really, really bad. Like Everyone was not pleased with how they fired him. Okay. And there was some drama involved because the, the driver they fired to replace the team he was originally went with were like, Oscar is staying this year. And Oscar was like, they have posted this statement without my consent. I'm suing them. Oh, I remember this. this yeah, yeah, I remember you talking about this. So this is this, this, is, this okay. is still fallout of all of this. Okay. This is all Sebastian Vettel's mind games. <laughs> he's doing it for... He's doing, I'm sure, yeah. He's doing it for his boy. So Danny gets fired. Yeah. Shit. Part of the, the great shakeup is another driver leaves his team and his team continues on as AlphaTauri. And AlphaTauri is the Red Bull junior team. Okay. Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel are both former Red Bull drivers. Ooh. They were teammates in 2016. I see. The guy they hired to replace the Gasly who leaves AlphaTauri is a guy called Nick DeVries. I was at okay. his first ever F1 race. Oh, nice. This is the one you went to. Yes, but yeah. our friend Rory. Shout out Rory. Um, because another driver's appendix blew up. Oh, and shit. he was put into a coma and they were like, Nick, get in the car. <laughs> uh, and then he did really, really well. So they were like, damn, Nick DeVries is like, he's one FE, like he's, you know, a former F2 champion. They're like, let's give Nick DeVries a shot. Let's put him into the South Atari. Hell yeah. And Red Bull also go, we're going to announce Daniel as Dan as the reserve driver for Red Bull. Okay. So basically like if Max or Checo, Checo is Max's teammate, the other Red Bull driver. If either of them get sick, Danny's substituting in. And he's doing all the advertisement campaigns and he's like just they're just really like we're giving Daniel a job so he can come hang out with us and help us make the car better. Yeah. Which is like that's what all the reserve drivers do. They're just like little pals for the um the, the team principals. So basically Christian's just like, I want Daniel back in the garage, I'm giving him a job. And then the season starts and Alpha Terry is having a fucking terrible year because the car's not good. But also, Nick DeVries is not very good. Okay. <laughs> he's just not, like, he's a rookie. It's a different format. It, hap- it, could, it happens to everybody. Everyone mm. has a bit of a learning curve. But also, who starts to have a terrible season is Max's teammate, Checo. Okay. And originally, like, he won the second race of the year. And you're like, damn, Checo is, like, he's going to be fighting Max for the championship. In, F, uh, in F1, you do qualifying to, like, decide who, where you're going to start. Mm. And there's 20 drivers. He started like 15th or 16th the last like five or six races. Oh shit, Because okay. he's just been bottling qualifying. Right. And then he does really well in the races because he is in the best car. Yeah. But he's like not been on the podium. Like he's been finishing like 6th, 5th. Making it up to there from 15th is... It's impressive. Yeah. But people like, you literally see the other cars and they're like, oh, it's Checo. I'm just going to move over because oh, there's really? no point fighting him. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, like it's, it's literally just like... I could, if I fight Checo for two laps, he will overtake me and it will mess up my race. Like, it's impressive, and that's why he hasn't been fired. Because yeah. he is able to do those recoveries, but they're kind of like, if Max wasn't running away with the championship, you're kind of fucking him over because you're so bad. He's on his own and he's like fighting five other people by himself. So there's, there's, there's whispers. 
little that maybe 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 they're looking at getting rid of Checo. Maybe maybe Checo's contract will get voided for twenty twenty four if he doesn't never do that. So yesterday (laughs) um Danny's at tire testing. Mm -hmm. And an hour into tire testing, Christian Horner, who's the guy that runs Red Bull, calls this guy called Helmut Marco, who's like mastermind behind Red Bull. Mm -hmm. Like he owns he runs both teams. He calls Helmut being like, Danny's doing really well. He's matching Max's times from the last race. And he's like, cool. Calls him back. I fired Nick DeVries. Danny has the race seat. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick gets fired. I'm really sad about Nick getting fired. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not happy about it. But Danny's back. Hell yeah. Danny's back, baby. And they're basically like, this is a test. It's like between Checo, the other Alpha Tire driver, and Daniel whosoever is the better of the three gets the race seat for oh, next shit. year. Okay, and nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how this all comes back to Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Seb was in the garage. Oh shit, he was there? He was like, <laughs> he was there like hiding behind a door? Like He was doing his own test. Oh, okay. So there's this video where he goes over and Danny's in the car and he's like doing car bits and he just goes over and gives him a glass of water and yeah. Daniel looks up to go like, thank you. And he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then he goes there and I went, ah. Oh, yeah. It was a great day for nice. Hannah. Congratulations. I'm glad the car boys are doing okay. <laughs> they're not doing well. Charles might they, be going to Red Bull as well. It sounds like they're never doing okay. Sometimes they do. I just pick bad boys. Okay, if I was a sure. Max fan, yeah. Max can already win the championship. Oh, okay. If well. he gets second for the rest of the year, he wins the championship. Nice. So even if Sheko would like suddenly is like, huh, like he's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. If he was, uh, if he was driving by himself, he would be beating every other team. Oh shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid sport. Like uh, people are getting pissed off this year because they're like, Max is running away with it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. Max has won the title. Let's look at hell. The yeah, other let's see what else is happening. So, yeah. They're all. We're playing for second now. Like, oh, it's literally playing for second. <laughs> Great. Um. Someone who's playing for... We have nothing else to discuss, do we? I don't think so. Uh, oh, in preparation for this, I watched another Denzel movie. Yes. Uh, the Book of Eli. What is The Book of Eli? It's a weird movie. Mm. A weird movie. It's Did a... I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's all right. Uh, it's like a post-apocalypse film oh. where Denzel Washington is this like wanderer in the nuclear wastelands. Ooh. And the like point of the conflict of the film is that he has the last remaining copy of the bible oh yeah and he comes to this town and gary oldman is like i love gary oldman gary oldman's like warlord of this town he's like i want that because i'm going to use religion to control people and so um how did they lose all the bibles oh they were actively burned yeah uh, and then Denzel Washington and Mila Kunis go on a road trip out west to try and find somewhere that has a like a printing press to, to recreate the, the Bible from the last copy. To King have. James, let's go! Yeah. Uh, spoilers for the ending of the Book of Eli. There is a twist in this film that is fucking bonkers. Spoiler it is for me. Insane. So throughout the whole thing, Eli has been like big action hero guy. Like, yeah, sends all Washington. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he like takes down groups of bandits on his own and shit. Um, and at the end of it, he gets like. Please tell me he's Jesus. They have he's he's not Jesus. Is he he's Jesus? not Jesus. No, sorry. He's Eli. Uh, 
No. And that's just that's just his name. He's oh. not a biblical figure. Okay. Uh, but towards the end, there's the big showdown between uh, Denzel and Mila Kunis and like Gary Oldman and his guys. Yeah. And Denzel has to choose between saving the book and saving Mila Kunis, and he chooses her, and they head out west together. Um, Gary Oldman goes back to a shitty little town where Tom Waits lives, uh, and he gets back and he opens the book. Different book. It's in Braille. No. It no, turns no. out that Eli has been blind the whole I've time. I've heard about this. <laughs> and he's been like memorizing the whole bible <laughs> so he gets back out he gets out to um like la or some shit san francisco somewhere and they have like a little library that they're setting up and he's like get somebody in here to write down everything i say because i'm just gonna <gasps> i'm just gonna recite the bible to you <laughs> jesus christ yeah denzel's pretty good in it Denzel's good in this movie. Yeah. Courage Under Fire. Courage Under Fire. 1996. Yeah. To quote the great film critic Mark Commode, I was reading trivia in preparation for the trivia I'm going to tell you at the end of this movie. Oh, okay. He said that the casting of Meg Ryan in this movie is um, a textbook example of casting that takes you out of the movie. Oh, really? Because, like, she was so famous for being in rom-coms. Sure. Like, she's sure. in Harry Met Sally. She's in You Got Mail. Yeah. She's a very. Is she in Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. Yeah. That's. I think that's the only thing I've seen her. She's good. I like her. Um. She is. Her son is. Um. Stewie and the boys. Oh, uh, Jack Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Huey. Huey. Sorry. That I got Stewie is the Family Guy kid. I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what did you think of Courage in the Fire? You've been hemming and hawing about it for the last few hours. Tell me. I like this movie a lot. Yay! <laughs> I thought it would just be me who liked yeah. it. No, I like this a lot. I love... Ugh, if you like these type of movies, we're in for a great time. There's a lot of explosions in it. Did I'm you like saying. the explosions or did you like the um, plot? I like both. I thought the plot was very compelling. This movie opens in a really fun way, I think. Yeah. Um, something I really miss that they don't do anymore in movies is have a credit sequence. Mm. And this one has a fucking banging credit sequence. Yeah, it does. It's all just like... Real life footage from Gulf War 1. Yeah. Um, Operation Desert Storm, which... I have, have I ever shown you the Operation Desert Storm trading cards that my friend Will got us? <laughs> I just laughed from my stomach. I, I definitely can find pictures of them. I'll see if I can find my actual ones um, in a little... Actually, no, I think they're upstairs. Well, gonna, I, uh, yeah, go talk, talk about um, talk about the movie for a minute. I'm going to be back real soon. <laughs> I think I have them upstairs. Wait, no, we're right over here. Hey, wait. Well, I just tell my story about my yes. dad's experience with Gulf War yeah, One. Yeah. So my dad, um, anytime any type of war, any conflict starts now, my dad will always somehow ma- ma- like mention Gulf War One because he was either in a club... Or was coming home from the club, but he was the only member of his family who was awake when America basically started bombing the shit out of Iraq. So he was like, "Yo, everybody, wake the fuck up!" Dad. So he saw that the footage. Oh, yeah, he, you were saying that he was in the club while. I think it started playing on the screens, and he ran home and woke up. He either was Dad. in the club or he heard it was about to happen. Went home and turned on the TV and saw it happen live. Oh, fuck. 
But like the, the footage you see at the start of this film, which is the actual footage of Gulf War One starting, mm. he saw live. So yeah. he's like, "Yo, um, I'm gonna run upstairs to see if I can find." I'm gonna it. just. These are the funniest thing I've ever. We're seen. gonna mount to. We'll do a fucking jump cut here. Um, Sean's running up the stairs. He could have prepped for this, but it's Sean, so he didn't. I might my thing I'm currently shocked about is Sean thinking that Ben Affleck is a better actor than Matt Damon. That's just not true. Now he hasn't seen many. He hasn't seen Goodwill Hunting, and he hasn't seen The Rainmaker or Talented Mr. Ripley. He also hasn't seen a lot of Matt Damon movies, so he his eyes have yet to be opened. Um, but it's just very it's very disappointing. He's a running. Oh, he's a running. Right, I've liked our time together. Back to Sean being on the podcast. No, nope, he's still a running. This is all very, um, this is going to get cut out. He just swore. Did you find him? I must have left him back in player. That's okay. I'll show you pictures. I'll get some photos of them, though, because they're fucking wild. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, my friend Garvin was over in New York. Shout out to Garvin from the um, School Ties episode. Yeah. Uh, he was over in New York with our other friend Will, yeah, yeah, and so they found just like dirt cheap these packs of Operation Desert Storm trading cards, and yeah. they just bought a fuck ton of them for us. So, um, the start. I was worried the first about five minutes of this movie, which is you're seeing Denzel Washington, who's like a tank commander in Operation Desert Storm, doing some Operation Desert Storming. Yeah. And it's a bit hoorah. It's very hoorah. It's yeah. very hoorah. This is when my I watched this with my parents. My mom was like, oh Jesus, this is hammy. It gets a lot less hammy after the tank shenanigans have gone down, I would say. It does, yeah, a lot. Um, um, sorry, not to go on about these trading cards. You can go on about your pieces of cardboard, buddy. If you There's want. a Wikipedia page for them. Can I see how terrible they are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me... Let me see that. I found a full set of them online somewhere are they still but in like, circulation or are they vintage apparently if you find the right bodega in new york you can find a functionally unlimited amount of them uh have a <laughs> I'll scroll through oh this. my god <laughs> oh my yeah. god it's him yeah it's, it's the commander the in chief i think adam has one of those that he carries around in his wallet <laughs> I need to buy these for my father. Yeah. I need to buy that for my father. Yeah, the Huey. Huey. Oh, Dick hate, Cheney. I hate Dick Cheney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cole Powell, he just died. Oh, did he? Yeah. He's the one who lied to the UN. Oh, shit. Literally. I would imagine a lot of them did that. Oh, no, he very famously like that. Oh, okay. that that's what started yeah. the war on terror. Let me see if there's... Um, when him and... Um, oh, we won't get into politics too much. Yeah. But... Do you know what, that's actually one thing that's really funny about this movie. It being made in 96 and it being about Gulf War One. A, it's the only movie I've ever heard about being about Gulf War One. Yeah. Because you don't really hear... I know there's like Operation Desert Storm. That's like a, one of the Call of Duties. But it must be this weird thing of like there's a period of time when they're like, we can start making movies about this war. And then 9-11 happens and they're like, we can't... We can't talk about... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does he have six, six fingers? No, he has four fingers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of uh, a training card of Sudan Hussein. Yeah. Um, uh, gang's all here. 
Yeah, I'll I'll find my my actual ones that I own. We'll post them on the Twitter. Yeah, uh, stuff like wearing the gas mask. I want to see if I can find preparing to jump because that was our favorite one. <laughs> um, this is very thrilling for the, yeah, the I'm listeners. Sure. Um, so something that so you're getting all this footage and then you get to the, the night of Operation Desert Storm and Denzel Washington is a tank commander and he's like, "All right, we're going." And he gets yeah. into his little tank. And who's in his tank, Sean? Sean Astin. Sean fucking... Little baby Sean Astin. Not baby because it's not the Goonies, but it's little pre-Samwise Ganji himself. And yeah. he's not very wise in this movie. No, he's not very wise. He makes a mistake in he... this movie. Well, Denzel makes a mistake in this movie. He makes a mistake and I think Den- Denzel takes the burden of the yeah, mistake. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's the implication I... It's kind of Denzel gave an order, but it's Sean Astin's original fuck-up, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, yeah, what happens is there's... There's a big fight. There's a big fight and um, the... I will say, I think this is, it's kind of badly done when you're watching this fight because you're not 100% sure, sure what's going on. You're supposed to, that's what it's supposed to be like. I know, it's what yeah. it's supposed to be like. But I, you figure out what happens when it happens. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah uh, big tank fight. Yeah, and like the US tank line gets is infiltrated by enemy tanks and... <laughs> Sean Aston's like, yeah, I think I see an enemy over there. They're shooting in our direction. And like, should I shoot them? And Denzel's like, yes, shoot them. And they get him. And it's Denzel's best friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a US tank and they they blow it up. Um, They blow it up. The thing they do really well is just all these radios. And the Mm. minute they blow it up, um, (laughs) you just hear them, like other radios being like, oh shit. Yeah. Someone's been hit. And Denzel just instantly knows. I've not seen Denzel. Denzel doesn't instantly know. Does he not? No, because he calls in that he hit that he hit an enemy, and it like they have to explain it a couple times. That yeah. Denzel's a very very good actor. Is I that have not your seen... nuclear take? No. No. Don't know what my nuclear take is. Yeah. There's a few scenes when you're seeing Denzel walking around, mm-hmm. and I said it to my mom. I was like, Denzel just is like a perf- the per- most perfect soldier, because she's like it's the square yeah. face. He would have been an amazing Captain America in the nineties. Oh yeah, he would have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's my nuclear take. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, racists. Um, yeah. <laughs> no one is that racist. Like, no one is like unsubscribed listens yeah. to this podcast. Unless we've somehow managed to get an alt right listenership, which I couldn't imagine. Trans women are women. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, Denzel's great. Realizes what happens with Sean Astin, and Sean Astin, I think Sean Astin, Sean Astin actually says, "Ah, shucks." Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's freaking out, but he can't. Because he's like, like, he's like, "Oh, I, it's my fault. I did this." Yeah. Um, and it's like it's, it's no one's fault except the the brutality of war. But it's mm. kind of Sean Astin's fault. It's kind of Sean Astin's fault a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But Denzel takes the fall for Denzel him. Denzel takes the fall. Yeah, and he gets moved away from active duty to. Uh, desk job to a desk job yeah uh, v- verifying like Medal of Honor nominees so I don't think it's I don't think that's what his job he just gets a desk job because you need you need bureaucrats in the army it's yeah. like a huge thing but his first kind of the first thing you see him do is he is being asked to verify a mineral a, a des- Operation Desert Storm Medal of Honor mm-hmm. um, campaign and you basically find out it's a female basically this a helicopter gets shot down Another helicopter is sent in to, goes in to rescue them. The second helicopter gets shut, shut down. And basically they like hold the line in the second helicopter and the pilot dies to like saving everybody else. Yeah. 
And then you find out the helicopter pilot's a woman. Yeah. She is like a single mom who has a child at home and they're like, bombastic. This is going to be perfect PR. Yeah, like the first woman ever to receive a Medal of Honor, I believe. They've uh, Only one woman ever has received a Medal of Honor. Damn, really? And it was for non-active combat. It was like a nurse. So no one has ever yet to receive a Medal of Honor for active combat. Wild. Which is like... Yeah. It's current era. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> it's whatever year you're listening to this in. <laughs> um, but yeah. And something, something I really like about this movie, and I love it when movies do this, they never actually show you what happened. In they do this, in the, at the end, right? They do at the end. Yeah. But the whole thing is basically, a lot of the movie is about people telling us the story of this event. But you never get the, like, the true version of it. Because from like a, a non-biased narrator's point yeah. of view, if that, so we, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. we see the same thing happening. We see the same, like the chopper getting shot down and then like holding the line or whatever, like five or six times, I would yeah. say, throughout the film. And there's like differences each time we see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the first thing he does is he goes and interviews the crew, the first crew that got shot down. Yeah, the ones who were rescued. Yeah. And they... Instantly, you're watching this and you're just kind of like, I don't... Uh, what's happening? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. it, it feels weird. Like, it is a weird story what happened. Mm. Um, um, yeah, this it was the second one where I was fully like, this is just not true. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the story that you hear from the first round of the first helicopter is they got shot down. Mm. Another helicopter comes. This is also very hoorah. This like whole yeah. This really... first this first story. Yeah. Um. They get shot down. The other helicopter comes, and there's like a tank and everything, and they like blow up the tank by like pushing the helicopter's reserve fuel tank onto it, and then like they don't even they don't even explain how it how they did it at that point. They're just like yeah, they blew it up somehow. They blew it up somehow. It's like. They, something fell out and it hit the tank and it exploded mm. and then they go down and then like they fell down they probably took the, most of the heavy burden of the fire and in the morning we heard an M16 as we were like being rescued yeah a crucial detail a crucial detail we heard an M16 and then we like booked it to a, a helicopter and then they napalmed the entire <laughs> area and I was like holy fucking shit yeah and Denzel's like, this is sus. This is strange. Yeah, this is this is odd. He isn't really too suspicious of it yet, I think. But he's like, there's something odd here. He's being, he's wrapped with guilt. Yeah, because he <laughs> blew up his friend. Um, one thing that's ongoing throughout the movie is Denzel might be an alcoholic, question mark, this movie. I think he is. I yeah, think, yeah, he is. Um, my mom was like, he's had been shown having two drinks. That makes him an alcoholic. And then there's like a scene where he's like, chugging a shoulder whiskey and, and she was like ah. he talks about drinking a lot as yeah. well and he's like, getting like visions of the incident again and again and his friend dying yeah um like what he imagines him burning up was like mm. uh so he's like a sus and he goes and starts tracking down like each of the surviving crew members yeah from the one that was shot down and interviewing them about what happened that's kind of what the bulk of the film is yeah because it's not even that he's like sus it's like they're kind of like rubber stamp this. This is fine. You've done the bare minimum. And he's like, yeah. I want to talk to the surviving crew. Because the thing is, everybody else in the crew survived except the pilot who's played by Meg Ryan. Yeah. Um. So he's like, I just want to figure out everything else that went down because, you know, like, I'm doing my job. Yeah. So the first person he interviews is her co-pilot who is there for the 
basically passes out and gets really badly hurt when they crash but you get mm. the basically them in the air part of the conversation yeah because he gets he gets shot he gets when sh- they get shot down like he mm. takes a bullet to the head and he's out of it yeah, yeah. his wife hates Meg Ryan oh yeah she really <laughs> does <laughs> yeah she refers to her as butch yeah as like, like an insult I'm like she's not that no like, no this is not really she's just a woman yeah you couldn't call Meg Ryan butch no you couldn't you couldn't no, no. But yeah, basically they got shot down. But 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 Sean. Yeah. Sean, who's in the helicopter with Meg Ryan? Uh, uh. let me let me check. Uh, Seth, what's his name? The guy from The Walking Dead. Mm. Who is it? So there's um. So we've got we've got Denzel. We've got Meg. Meg's in the helicopter. Meg's in the helicopter. Yeah, we've got Lou Diamond Phillips also in the helicopter, playing um. Uh, Monfreeds. Who's not one of the helicopter medics. No, it's a, me- it's a medevac not. helicopter. Yeah. He's basically a gunner they bring along with them because you find out later on he's like, I like hanging out with the medics. They're terrible at poker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he, he's like their gunner. Yeah, we've and got then, uh, Seth Gilliam as Ultimare. He is the. Um, who's he again? Uh, he's the guy who. He meet, who Denzel meets in the hospital later on. He's only in like one scene. Yeah, but he's, he's in it. Yeah, he's... He's the, on the, he's he's on the one, helicopter. He's one of the other medevac helicopters. Yeah. And then a guy called um, Lothario. Who's, who's he played by? Uh, uh, Ilario. That name's weird. Why is it that's a, Yeah, I, I've never heard they... that surname before. That's a, that's a little known actor. Um, I haven't really seen him in too much before. He's really good friends with Ben Affleck, I've heard. Really? Yeah. I think I read that on IMDb <laughs> trivia, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's MPD himself. MPD as specialist Andrew Ilario in a... Oh, I think Matt's really good in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's really good. He's not looking well. Matt Damon, sturdy. So yeah. one thing, so ben, Denzel's going around and he's interviewing yeah. all these folks. So the first person he interviews is the other um, pilot who gets hurt. Mm. And then you're like seeing everything and it's basically like the, how they blew up the tank is they like pushed the fuel cell and then like mm. flare gunned it. It's fucking metal. It's yeah, crap. it's fucking rad. It's rad. And that's, but that's like consistent through all the stories. Yeah. So that definitely did actually happen. Mm. The only variation of it is Monfreet says it was his idea, but everyone else is like, no, it was Meg Ryan's idea. Yeah. I say it was Meg Ryan's idea. Yeah. Yeah. I like to. Monfreet's is wrong. pushing a narrative. He is. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to go interview the next member of the team I can find, which is little lad Matt. Little Matt. Looking fucking awesome. Skeletal. Skeletal. Yeah. Do you know how much weight he lost for this movie? This was the trivia from the last episode and I can't remember it. 47 pounds. Jesus Christ. That is 28 kilograms. That's fucking wild. Like, you can see it. The, like, when he comes on screen... You're scared. You're, you're immediately like, oh. like, what the fuck happened? It's like, even even because you see you see pictures of him. And like, after, I, I must wonder... I wonder if they film it... He lost weight after they did a set of filming. Because there's filming... They must have, yeah. Because there's flashbacks to him in the combat. And he's not... He's normal. He yeah. looks like a normal 20-something. I would imagine they filmed those all at the same time. Yeah. And so then, if he did that and then lost the weight, that would make sense. Yeah, but like you see him nowadays, and he looks his. You can like see his cheekbones. You can see everything. Yeah. My parents were like, "Oh, when Matt Damon's real skinny, he looks like your cousin." And I'm like, "Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you." But like, 
Matt Damon's quite bulky. Like he's yeah. not bulky, but like all his muscles are gone. Like it's mm. it's really scary. And he's like a medic who's now working in like a pharmacy. And you're like, I have no idea what's wrong with this boy. Yeah, we find out what's wrong we with do. that boy later on. He's just chain smoking like a motherfucker. Like me in a night out. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Matt Damon actually smokes. Yeah, he can. Because he like flows out through his nose, and I'm yeah. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then yeah. he tells... And what's his version of events, Sean? Um, I actually can't remember this one too well. He says that... Yeah, because he's talking about how uh, she's a fucking action hero. Yeah. And she does everything perfectly and she never feels fear ever. She gets shot in the gut by... Yeah. They, they get ambushed at one stage and she gets shot in the stomach. Yeah. Uh, and she like continues to lead them and it's like she stays behind to let them all escape and then she gets blown up by a, a missile and dies yeah or anonymous like a grenade and dies yeah so she doesn't get napalmed um yeah uh but yeah the the kind of general gist of his whole story is that she's she deserves it the medal yeah absolutely 100 percent. and denzel's a little like, sus yeah denzel's like hmm but what gun were you firing during the night and you mentioned that there wasn't much ammo left. When did that run out? Yeah, what happened to this M16? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, it ran out in the night. Yeah. Which didn't happen. Which didn't happen. No, because the other guys heard it yeah. going off in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So Denzel gets a bee in his bonnet about this. Yeah, and he, he goes to, uh, he talks to Matt about it, and he's like, okay, so these guys say that they heard it in the morning. You're saying it ran out of ammo in the night. One of you has to be wrong. Which is it? Yeah. And that's like, it's them, obviously. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not suspicious at all. No, I'm just a little not. lad from He's Boston. just a little guy, yeah. Just a little dude. Just a little guy who can't stand up to questioning. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Brody would eat this man for breakfast. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it's like, um, the movie's just a long... The movie's basically Denzel... Knows Matt Damon's lying. Has just mm. this weird feeling about the whole thing. Great use of like old technology because he's always like taping them and like listening back to yeah, the tapes. Yeah. And he's like a big a big thing that is like his character's kind of plot besides the actual plot of this movie is the guy that he was responsible for his death for. There's an investigation ongoing about what happened that night. Yeah, and it's been leaked to the Washington Post that something something's amok has gone on. Mm. So Denzel's being like pursued by this reporter called Gardner. Yeah. Uh, Denzel also really wants to go to talk to his best friend who he killed's parents mm-hmm. to explain what happened, but the military will not let him. Yeah. The military basically want the... What should happen is just like, we had a friendly fire incident, there was a yeah. horrible situation, but obviously they don't... That's not politically viable, so they're yeah. burying it. They're really trying to cover it up. And the whole, the whole way through... Um, a big thing with Denzel character is he's really into accountability and he thinks that, you know, people should be held accountable for their actions. And so he's like, yes, that also applies to me. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I fucked this up. He's a, a great character in a movie like this because they don't give him, like, they don't make him have an affair just to, like, make him, like, ooh. Like, yeah. he's just all the way through very much, like, he's racked with guilt for this thing. It's a very, under- he feels like a very human character. Yeah. His wife, Incredible. Oh yeah, fantastic! Such yeah. a great actress. So yeah. disappointed to see she's not been in more stuff. From what I'm looking, sure. Um, what is her name? I want to get her name because she's incredible. Yeah. Uh, another 
plot that's going on is he has a wife and children and he's like kind of growing distant from them because of the the guilt that he's racked with over both uh his involvement in murdering his friend and with uh kind of his doubts and thoughts about his investigation Mm -hmm. uh renee taylor uh she's been in oh is she in anything significant doesn't look it damn she's in something called the unit she's in elementary for an episode oh shit nice yeah she just does a lot of like I say she's a big theatre darling that's the vibe I got from her Mm. Um, there's a great scene in it like midway through the investigation through the movie I can't remember exactly where it is but he is sat outside in his car watching his kids play oh yeah and she comes up to the car she comes up to him and gets in the car with a cup of coffee and she's like I've been watching you for 20 minutes how much longer have you been here yeah and he's like 15 so he watched (laughs) his kids play for half like half an hour yeah and she's just like it took me a long time to learn to be a military in life it won't take me that long to not have to do it let me know you don't need to stay here basically she's also trying to leave him which i fucking hate stuff like that in movies where they're the worst. yeah but she's saying if you want to leave then just do it yeah yeah um that happens after he visits uh meg ryan's family yeah who is her dad the guy who plays kelso, uh, kelso in scrubs Trump? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i fucking cheered i was glittering yeah, and all i loved scrubs when i was a kid oh i love scrubs as i kid yeah back in my time to watch good media you still have time to watch good media. <laughs> you just choose not to. Yeah. Hey. Good doctor is good. Uh, anyway, yeah, he goes and he talks to uh, Meg Ryan's parents. It's not. <laughs> um, he goes and talks to Meg Ryan's parents because... After he talks to Matt Damon. Yeah, because yeah. Matt Damon mentioned that they had swapped letters yes. to each other to send home to their families if one of them died. And he was like, yeah, I sent the letter to her parents. And so Denzel's like, right, I'll go find out what to do with this letter is. He never sent the letter. The parents never got the letter. <gasps> and now Denzel's like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, and is it after that that he goes to talk to Monfreets? He goes to talk to Monfreets. And Monfreets... <laughs> there are this a lot man... of scenes of him shirtless. This man went to Woodstock 99. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, if he had lived long enough. Um, yeah. Damn. Rip. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking ripped. He is so jacked. He's super into boxing. So jacked and like so weirdly jacked for the time. Yeah, like this is back in the nineties when people You weren't, weren't that this. you weren't yeah. this jacked, so you're like, oh this man's a scary motherfucker. He's and a he psycho. Is. And yeah. he is. Yeah. He yeah. is a fucking psychopath. Mm. Uh and over the course of his like questioning Denzel discovers that according to Monfries uh, Meg Ryan was a coward and she cried she cried and she was like it's tension release and I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> under yeah. fucking stand up there's a big thing like, you do the scenes you kind of there's the same scenes you see in the flashbacks each time mm. which is just after the crash the night during the night and then um, the evacuation when the yeah. M16 stuff happens and like she dies 
And it's, I'd say it must have been really fun to do it because it's like they're doing the exact same scenes. It's almost kind of the same dialogue each time, but they're just acting it differently. Yeah, I think Meg bit. Ryan's really good in this part of, in the movie. I think she is. I, yeah. I liked her a lot in it, yeah. Yeah, I think you kind of need someone that kind of can play like really tough and also play really like sad. Yeah, because she does do a very good job of it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think having not seen her in yeah. like all of her rom-com stuff, that didn't even occur to me that she would have been typecast as like a rom-com star. I think it's just because she was so famous in the 90s. Sure. Like you can imagine it'd be like, it'd be like Kira Knightley doing something like this now. Okay, sure. Where yeah. you just be like, oh, this isn't, this isn't what Kira does. <laughs> this isn't Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> this isn't some period drama. Yeah. Or, um, Hayley Atwell. Well, no, Hayley Atwell's done a lot of action, so it'd be different. But... Apparently she's really good in the new Mission Impossible. Oh, I love Hayley Atwell so much. I haven't seen her. All I've seen her in is like the MCU stuff, I think. Um, she's in some period drama stuff I've seen. Nice. What else? Or she Carrie does... Carrie Mulligan. Do you know Carrie Mulligan? I have no idea. I probably she, would have. She's I saw in her. Promising Young Woman. I haven't um, seen Promising Young Woman. What's Carrie Mulligan in? But she's again, she's one of those actresses that does a lot of period drama stuff. You can tell my mom really likes period dramas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie Mulligan. Um, but yeah, it's something. It's kind of um something like that. I think that's the issue. Yeah. It's it's really fun watching each of these little scenes and trying to like figure out what's different and why the person who's telling the story is telling it this way yeah. and why they're making the changes that they're making. Because the Cause... map, the story map tells, it's very like, you can kind of sense he feels bad. Yeah. I thought, I thought that the two of them were like <laughs> a thing because he was very, very, um, upsetting like... spaghetti. Very upset, but he was also very like he was really talking her up, and he was speaking really, really highly of her. I was like, "Hmm, was that what was going on there?" And mm-hmm. um, was it? I don't think it was. I don't think so. No, they um, never explicitly say it was, and they don't really. They don't need to. Yeah, I think he just feels guilty. Yeah, I think it's like a weird form of survivor's guilt. But Mon- uh, Montreese, or how do you say Montreese? Montreese does not feel this way. No, Montreese he, he fucking hates, hates this, her. Hates her. And it's, but it's, but also hates her and is like, but give her her medal. She deserves her medal. Just, no, what he's saying is... At the start, he's like, just give the lady the medal. Stop asking questions. Yeah. And then he tells a story and he's like, she's a fucking Which coward. In, yeah, in hindsight from the end of the movie, I see exactly why he would want Denzel to not look into this any further. Yes. <laughs> um... He's like he's a she's a fucking cat. Is that your bones? Yeah, that's my elbow. Oh! <laughs> my joints are fucked, Hannah. They just do this sometimes. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, Montfries is a scary motherfucker. Yeah, uh, Denzel like, could take him though. Yeah, maybe. I think he could, because like when Montfries is telling the story, he's in a gym. And Denzel's like holding the punching bag for him as he's fucking going for Denzel's it. Denzel's so good at kind of just like. Um, you can understand why everybody cracks under the pressure of his investigations. Yeah, it's not even that he, they crack a lot of the time. It's just that he kind of coaxes it out because yeah. he's really you know, a friendly guy. I and then like... when he has to be scary, he's scary. I must watch The Negotiator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Monfries is like, she's a coward. She cried. I did mm. everything great. She tried to surrender. She tried to like run away from the guys before they landed. How does she die in Monfries' version? Does she just get like... She she freaks, runs away. She, she and... freaks out when they're um, evacuating. She's like she doesn't want to move because she's been injured, and then the thing happens and she explodes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. She always gets shot in the stomach. That's always a detail that happens. Yeah. Which I don't understand why the boys include that detail. Because the body wasn't recovered. Because mine... I would imagine that they included that in case it was. Yeah. Um... But Denzel just doesn't believe either of the, any of these stories. He's just yeah. like, this is bullshit. Because he's now got two, like, well, entirely just, conflicting reports. From two people that were on the ground there. Yeah. And, Mont- and your man is also like, we didn't have the M16. There was no M16. Yeah, it was, it ran out in the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suspicious. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then it was, um... Then... Altamire, right? Then, uh, then Matt Damon goes fucking AWOL. Oh yeah, Matt Damon disappears. Matt yeah, Damon yeah. disappears. He goes, basically, Montrose gets interviewed and the next scene, uh, Matt, uh, Denzel is like, the other two guys, one of them, I, the army has lost him somewhere in the medical system and yeah. Matt Damon has gone AWOL. Yeah. And I am being accosted by the Washington Post. Yeah, and like the, the pilot guy, the first guy he talked to, clearly just doesn't actually remember anything because he was unconscious for the yeah. whole thing. Matt being, Matt's a good medic in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's just like, yeah. please, I can't leave my buddy behind. Yeah. Um, I actually really like the Washington Post um, guy. Gartner? Gartner. Yeah, he's I think a lot he's, of fun. I think he's really fun. How he kind of gets introduced into the movie, he's kind of this like force that keeps calling Yeah. Um, Denzel, but you don't hear don't, his voice. And we don't see him either. Yeah. And then... They're at a bar and Denzel's blasted yeah. and he's like, hello! <laughs> yeah, he's like, hello, I was in the army also. But they're like talking and then he's like, oh, my name's Gardner. And Denzel's like, like motherfucker. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> but then it's Scott Glenn who's also in Apocalypse Now. Oh, cool. Uh, there's so many Apocalypse Now boys in this movie. Yeah. Is Scott Glenn who I think he is? Let's find out. He's not who I thought he is. Damn. He's in Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. He's in Training Day. He's in... <gasps> he's in a born... Sorry. Uh, and he's Holy in... Shit. Is he that guy in Born? Is he the guy that runs the NSA? No, that's uh, someone else. Ignore me. Um, who is Scott? We'll see you again, Scott Glenn. Yeah. He's in the hunt for the red October. 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 And he's in the right. Yes, that's who he is. He is Alan Shepard in the right stuff, which was my dad's favorite movie. Oh, nice. Have you ever seen the right stuff? Uh, no, I haven't. He was also in Daredevil as Stick. The new one or the Ben Benny Affleck one? The Netflix one. Ah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, basically, uh, Gardner is like, something's wrong with you, buddy. I'm going to not um, send you to prison or yeah. like basically write about you. And Denzel and him kind of formed this like weird friendship. That's actually really nice, but they're both just truth. They're just both interested in the truth. Yeah. And like instantly Gardner is kind of like, I'm not going to use Denzel's like alcoholism to my advantage. Mm-hmm. He like the second time they meet Denzel's blasted because I think it's just after the that conversation in the gym. It is, yeah. And he's like, off the record, off the record, off the record. Yeah. Here's some coffee. What's going? And Denzel yeah. just offloads the entire conversation yeah. with his like about was, killing his friend. I was looking at the cast real quick and Courage Under Fire. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, Monfries is played by a guy called uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. He's in Shape Part Two. He is in Shape Part Two. <laughs> is that what you're gonna mention? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. I forgot about it. Um, yeah, and then the two of them kind of, like, kind of team up. They team up later on. They team up later on, but, yeah. like, the dynamic is established that Gardner is a guy that Denzel can trust. Yeah. Matt Damon goes AWOL, and then basically mm. the army's like, shut the fuck up, Denzel Washington, yeah. or else... Like, we just we just want to give her the medal. We, we just, just want to give her the medal. We just want to look good, give her the medal, problem solved, go back Stop to the Stop asking job. about your fucking case. 
Yeah. Um, something I like as well. It's so it's so weirdly low stakes. The him, her giving him the medal or not? Because it's yeah. not that like it's politically interesting, but it's not. It's not like a, a crime was committed, but you don't know that yet. Yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of like, why is he? He's just so he's like a dog with a bone, but mm-hmm. he's being threatened with like, we'll just let this scandal happen, and he's like, let the scandal happen. I don't give a shit. And the yeah. army's like, no, wait, you're not meant to say that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, actually, it'd probably be good for people to know about the mistake I made that yeah. got people killed. And then, um, then he, I'm trying to remember. I think it's, yeah, I think he goes and he talks to Altamir first, and, and then, then, yeah, he gets taken off the case. I think that's it. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's the other way around. Is it? I think it's because he doesn't go. I think it's like because he's go, he's kind of going. Does he not get the info from Gardner? I can't remember. But does he? We can talk about the Ultimare scene first because I think that's quite good. Yeah, uh, Ultimare played by uh, Seth Gilliam, who was also in The Walking Dead. I recognize that name. Yeah. What else does he do? He's not been in much, but he's got a very distinctive kind of face. Uh, yeah. There was one other thing that I recognized him from. I can't remember what it was. He was in Starship Troopers. Oh. Um, he's he in The Wire? In the Wire, that was it, yeah. Who was he in The Wire? Uh, he was Ellis Carver. Recurring uh. cast, season one, two. Main cast, season three to five. I think I know him, but mm. I don't... He's probably one of the... He was also in the American remake of Skins. Ooh. And in 2012... He was in a single episode of Homeland. <laughs> Let's go! I love The Wire. I haven't watched The Wire in a decade. I haven't decade. actually seen The Wire. I'm going to watch The Wire. We'll add that to the docket of yeah. uh, HBO shows. Hell yeah. Yeah. Because um, we have lives outside this podcast, I swear. <laughs> we consume other Just media. about. Just about. Yeah. It's really hard to consume media nowadays. Um, yeah. They, they go to Ultimare, and Ultimare is not doing well. He's really bad. He's like actively dying. I think he gets hit. He gets hit in the back as they're fleeing. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. But it's cancer that's killing him. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, and that man's high on more. He is off his goddamn tits. <laughs> uh, and what is it? That, what's the information that he gets out of him? Because he talks about the fire. I can't remember what the other thing that he tells him was. Oh my god, because he's basically just kind of rambling. Um... Like, Altamir is barely kind of coherent, and Denzel's, yeah. like, trying to coax stuff out of him, and there's a point yeah. where he starts having, like, a PTSD, like, flashbacks, and he just can't say anything else after that. Yeah, it's, this is the moment Denzel goes, these boys feel really guilty for some reason. Yeah. I think that's the kind of what you're meant to get out of this scene. Yeah. And then Denzel just goes fuck this and he's like I don't want this to get covered up as well yeah. and he tells was, Gardner that something weird's going on it was Ultimare said that specifically him and Monfries hadn't told anyone something yeah and it was to do with fire yeah Whew. <sighs> 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 so then he tells Gardner Gardner, Gardner gets like yeah. a, he's basically like there's a tape of the radio chatter from the tank night yeah and then he just knows where Matt Damon is. I, no, sorry, the, the, the car thing happens first. The car thing happens first. Yeah, he goes back Whoa. to Monfries first. Yeah. He goes back to Monfries and he's fucking Terminator walking. He's yeah. just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And Monfries flips the fuck out. He loses his shit. He kidnaps him. Yeah. He forces him. You know, he gets him into a car to go for a drive. Yes. And 
uh, as they're driving, it becomes very clear that something really bad happened. Monfries was directly involved with it. Monfries does not want anybody to know. Yeah. Um, and Denzel is really pushing him on it. And he's really like... You feel like he's just about to crack him. Yeah. And there's like, they're drinking like a shoulder whiskey between them. And Denzel like yeets it out of the car. Yeah. And he's like... Monfries is like, oh, I have another one. And pulls out a and gun. And pulls out a gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he drives up to some train tracks and he tells Denzel to get out of the car or he will shoot him. And you're like, no, surely not. Surely he's not going to commit suicide by train. Denzel gets out of the car and Monfries drives directly into an oncoming train. Just being like, survivor's guilt, just yeah. general guilt. You're kind of, when I was watching this, I was like, why is he doing this? What's happening? Um, yeah, but then we find out why he does that so in a little bit. He tracks down uh, Matt Damon. Tracks Matt, down MPD. There's a gardener who finds out where he is. No, he does it because Matt Damon mentions that his parents are from around there. Yes, you're right. And he used to go down to the lake or something. Yeah, right? so yeah. he goes to this lake. Great scene from Matt Damon. Yeah, fantastic scene. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Matt's a good actor now? He's doing pretty all right so far. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, He's no Ben, but... Uh, well, he hasn't had a starring role yet. Yeah. You, ben I, has. I was calling you out for Geronimo. You were like, he's the star in Geronimo. What <laughs> fucking hole he's the star in Geronimo? He's yeah. the nar- He's like a third or fourth lead at best in that sure. movie. Yeah, okay, fine. Fine. Fine, he, I'll but admit he, it. He, has this, he only has like two or three. He doesn't. He's good in like the flashbacks, but the present day mm. scenes when he's really skinny. Find out he's really skinny because he's a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. Um, Shooting up between his toes. Uh, Amy Winehousing it. Oh, really? That's what she did, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, very yeah. sad. Rip Amy. Yeah. And just like you, you get the story, and the story is awful. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, so what actually happened was, um, it went down more or less the same as the first story up until the point where they actually crash. It goes the same to the point they actually <clears throat> crash. It's pretty much the same story that he told originally, but she's maybe like fifteen percent less brave. Yeah, she. She does cry, but she's like, I'm stressed out it's a natural reaction i would get upset yeah and monfries is like we need need to surrender we we can't keep doing this shit and she's like no we just gotta hold out till the morning they're gonna come get us monfries is freaking out yeah he is terrified um and he has a big argument with her Mm -hmm. and as this is happening uh she pulls a gun on him she pulls a gun she threatens to court-martial him for, it, for mutiny, because that's what he's doing. He's trying to... And the two boys don't really have her back. Yeah. Uh, Matt's just scared and is like, I just want to make sure my buddy's safe. Can you just fucking calm with the pair of you? Yeah. And he kind of like, he appeals to her good nature because he, she's the less crazy <clears throat> one. And she just takes it as a complete betrayal, which it is. Yeah. And then um, yes. Alzamir is like kind of on the other guy's side. Yeah. But she, she threatens to court-martial him. And you get court-martialed for mutiny and the punishment of death, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she, then, like, recites the army handbook yeah. like, to him. And uh, Then they get attacked. Then they get attacked, yeah. A guy comes over, like, a little hill or a little rock directly like, behind Monfries. Uh, she shoots him. And then Monfries thinks that he was trying to... That she was trying to shoot him. And he shoots, shoots her. her. Yeah. Uh, she lives she has, this is where she gets her stomach wound yeah yeah so she survives the rest of the night but she refuses any treatment from Matt Damon yeah and the crucial thing is she is the M16 yeah 
she takes the she takes the M16 and when she does it because Monfrieser was the one who had it yeah because he's the gunner and, yeah and she takes it off of him and she says that like whatever happens like when they get out of there he's fucked he's done he's done yeah so then the the evacuation happens yeah and she does stay behind to cover them still... with the M16 so the M16 was being fired yeah and she tells Matt to go get a to, stretcher for to me. go to the helicopter, get a stretcher, and come back. It's so funny. Anytime they run to the helicopter, Matt Damon falls over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never. He never tells the story. He doesn't fall over. He's like, yeah. I was just a little guy. Yeah, he just fell. And the minute they get into the helicopter, Monfries is like, she's dead. She's dead. We need to go. And they, it's like, Altazir tries to say something, but he's too injured to say anything. Yeah, and, and Matt Matt's just, just like, doesn't. Matt just doesn't, and yeah. he's like. The, the implication you get is there's like 10 seconds between yeah. them saying it and the napalm going off. Yeah. And Matt's been like, she was dead by the time the napalm went off. She wouldn't have lived anyway. Yeah. And Denzel's like, you don't know that. So yeah. you don't know how Meg Ryan dies, actually. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it's probably the napalm. Yeah. Why? I don't understand why they napalmed them. War's fucked. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, Denzel goes back there's a big like meeting with his superiors about the whole the, the journalist um Oof. one thing the, the reason the reason that matt damon doesn't say anything is she had threatened all three of them with a court martial oh was it all three of them all she three of them. okay i didn't realize she that. was like yeah that's why he doesn't say anything okay sure yeah yeah, yeah. So i think if it was just him matt damon would have been like yeah this is fine he's yeah. not my friend but i think it's because she she just loses complete trust in him yeah. And that's the biggest difference between her, his original telling and the truth, if it is the truth. Yeah, is that she, like he's on her side and she's on his side the whole time. Yeah, they're yeah. really good friends. And they're really, they're, they're friendly in the real version, but you mm. don't know actually if they were that friendly, yeah. you know. Um, and there's a, there's a big confrontation between Denzel and his superiors about the, the journalist who has managed to get a hold of the tape. That Denzel told him about? Yeah. And uh, Denzel hands in his report. Mm-hmm. And she gets her medal. She gets the medal, yeah. She gets it in the end. The, uh, what happens with the tape? Do they, the army, the implication I was got was basically like, because you re-see the tank scene again. Yeah. The implication I got is like, he wasn't, he didn't fuck up as badly as he thought he did. Like, he's, he still feels guilty, but it was... Yeah, so what It's did, kind of slightly odd, I will yeah, say. he fucked up we see more of that scene we see what happens immediately after he realizes that he's killed his friend which is he saves everybody he saves everybody else because he messages into the rest of the tanks to turn on their lights Mm -hmm. so that nobody else gets hit by like other by friendly fire yeah Yeah. um and did he get does he wind up getting a medal of honor is that what he leaves on the grave at the end i don't think so no? I feel like it's an Operation Desert Storm. I was trying to Google it, but it doesn't say it on IMDb what sure. the medal was. If you know, message us in at SineWavePod at gmail.com. That's um, SineWavePod at gmail.com. <laughs> I love false action. Um, but yeah, you don't really know, but basically he, he's kind of let stay in the army. He doesn't get court-martialed or anything. Yeah. There's kind of a like, we understand why you did this. He hands in his report, which tells the truth. Mm. Monfries is dead, so he's... I presume he yeah, was probably... Yeah, Altmaier is dead as well. Yeah. Well, you don't really know what happens he's, to Matt. He's either... Yeah, we don't really find out what happens to Matt. And then he goes and tells his friend's parents and they forgive him. Yeah. They're like, he was in war. It happens. Yeah. You need to absolve yourself of the guilt. Yeah, it's a... I think the... Oh, what's Release the, the burden. Yeah, it's a burden you're going to have to drop sometime. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
And then he goes to his friend's grave, and then Meg Ryan's grave is nearby. Yeah, he leaves a medal on it. You see a fake George George Bush give her daughter. um, Yeah, (laughs) give the the Medal of Honor to her daughter because she hadn't got any other family. And then you see some planes flying in, in a weird formation. Yeah, it was strange. It was weird. It was like four, it was four planes and like not like a a perfect. Yeah, but I it was just like one side was longer than the other. Didn't like it. And then only one of them pulls away. Didn't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Air yeah. Force could have maybe done better on that one. Burp, burp, burp. Didn't like. Uh, sorry, I, what I did like was that little kid actress. I thought she was very good. Yeah, she was good. She doesn't know much, but she was yeah. she was good. The scene where they're, he's interviewing the parents, she runs in and then she runs out because he and they're like, "Oh, you're in your formal army attire." Yeah. And the last time that happened, she got some terrible news because her mother was dead. So yeah. she doesn't like you. And he was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, he takes it off straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um and the the like the last shot of the the movie is um him at the tank. Yeah, he gets a, a little flashback to what happened after... He goes home, and his wife's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're back to me, and he's like, I, I've gotten over my trauma, I'm healed, I've, yeah. gone, I've gone through this quest. He's gotten justice. Yeah. And then he has a vision, he opens the door and looks up. And yeah. Just... He, has a, he has a little flashback to what happened immediately after the, the night his friend died. And it's... Uh... He sees a helicopter take off. Yeah, a heli- the helicopter carrying the body. Yeah. And who's flying the helicopter? Meg Ryan! <laughs> Which I was like, so, okay, okay, yeah, calm down, I do, movie. I do wonder if that's something that he knew beforehand or if it's something he only realized at this point. Like, if that's contributing to why he's so ardent about getting justice for this woman. I don't think... I don't know. Because uh, I, I kind of got the vibe that it was something that he had just realized at the end. I think he just realized at the end. Yeah. But it's probably a thing because he, he... You don't... When he... He's being told the case. He was only told that it's a female pilot at the very, very end. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's when he opens the folder and he's like, "Oh, it's a yeah, female pilot." He doesn't pilot. find out that it's a so female probably pilot until he actually something is Something in his taken. brain that he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh yeah, the pilot that lifted my friend's body was a female pilot." Yeah. I wonder if it's the same one. Um, I really like this movie. It's on Disney Plus if you want to stream it. Is it? Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, no, sorry. I did watch it on Disney Plus. Because it was the book of Eli I was looking for on Disney Plus and I couldn't find. Uh, I really liked it. I thought it was really yeah. fun. It's a very good family movie. It's got something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heroin addicts, war crimes. It's just a typical Sunday night. Yeah. Um, so the box office for this movie. Yeah. Guess how much money this movie made. Uh, what was the budget? Good fucking question. Don't say it on air. Guess it when I'm... Uh, 100 billion. So 100 million is actually the right answer. 100 million? Yeah. yeah hell yeah, nice. <laughs> Wait, of how much it made? or the... Yeah. 100. Okay, nice. Uh, budget. I say it made its money back. Movies weren't that... Yeah, surely. That, I will say it shot very well. I think it's my favorite. Yes, it's 46 it million, so it's 45 million. So it's oh, so double, it made it double, its yeah, yeah. double its budget. Yeah. Shot really well. The action's great. The action's great yeah. in it. The helicopters are great. Like, I would love to know where, I say it was filmed, probably not on location, because, ah. Uh, yeah, I would imagine it was filmed in, like, Nevada or something Yeah, like that. very, very fun movie. Yeah. It opened number three in the box office. Okay. Do you know what's number one? What's number two? A movie I've never heard of called Phenomena, which looks fucking insane. Sure. An ordinary man sees a bright light descend from the sky and discovers he now has super intelligence and telekinesis, John Travolta. Oh, Okay. Uh, this is 96, right? Yes. Um... It relates to something we talked about in the Geronimo episode. A certain media franchise. Jurassic Park 2? No. Lost World? 
a media franchise's director has made several movies about some which people do not like very much wait they're all the same director all the same director it's the most famous movie arguably there's about a media franchise that we discussed that someone dropped a stealth issue about fucking transformers yeah the transformers animated movie no no so this director it's his most famous movie something to do with transformers. oh michael bay yeah uh it's not point break is it no no he didn't make point he break. didn't make point break no he, he didn't, didn't. Shit, I, I'm not too familiar with older Matt. Or, Independence uh, Day! Oh shit, Independence Day! <laughs> Hell yeah! I thought that was a good clue. Yeah. Damn. I forgot that that was a Michael Bay. I'm pretty sure it's Michael Bay. Is it? What? It makes sense. No, it's um... Oh, my fucking tit. It's, uh, it's what's his name? Why is it tit? I, think, I don't think it's Michael Bay. I might just be a tit. Damn. Uh, so I'll be taking applications for new co-hosts. Sorry, no, it's Roman Elmer who made that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can email us at signwavepod at gmail if you want to be my new co-host. No! Uh, <laughs> but I'm good at it, I swear. Other movies: <laughs> The Nutty Professor, Harriet the Spy, Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Rock, Striptease, Twister, The First Mission Impossible, oh, Toy Twister? Story. Hell yeah! Toy Story still floating around the box office, but yeah. Nice. Um. Let's do the Matt Damon trivia fact before yes, we do... our ranking. Our rankings, because I actually need to think. I I uh, know where it is in the ranking. I just need to remember the rest of my rankings. Yeah, because, I think I do too. Because <laughs> we're, we're... Are we counting... Um, good Old, good old boys? boys? We're counting Good Old Boys. We're that's number eight. Good old boys? That's, that's number eight. Okay. I think like... that's number seven, actually. <laughs> the Rising Sun is number eight for me. <laughs> really? No, I didn't. I haven't seen it up as Good Old Boys too. Uh, so the Matt Damon trivia fact for this is actually from the IMDb Wikipedia or IMDb of the movie. Okay. It's a long one. Yeah. So we're going to pause and discuss several points. <clears throat> In order to lose the required amount of weight to play the present day scenes. 40 pounds, I believe. 47 pounds. 47 pounds. Uh, Matt Damon went on a strict regimen of food deprivation and physical training. Don't do that, Matt. This caused his health to become so frail that he was put on medical supervision for several months after the shoot. Damn. However, his efforts didn't go unnoticed. Director Francis Ford Coppola was so impressed by uh, Damon's display of method acting that he was offered him the lead role in The Rainmaker, which Holy is the next movie after Yo! Chasing Amy. Hell yeah. While making uh, Goodwill Hunting, also 97. So he makes the Rainmaker, and then like as that's in like post, he makes Goodwill Hunting. Okay. After regaining a healthy amount of weight, Damon met Steven Spielberg, who was then casting Saving Private Ryan, ninety eight. Spielberg told Damon that he loved his performance in this movie, and he wanted to hire him to play Private Ryan, but he was afraid Damon was too skinny. Once Damon saw when Spielberg saw Damon at his normal weight, he was played. He was hired to play Ryan. This movie got. This movie kicked his career into gear. This is the like. Pfft, Holy shit! You wouldn't think it. No, no you one, really wouldn't. No one ever talks about this movie. Yeah. But this is how he gets the rainmaker. This and like, Google Hunting. He's kind of doing by himself already. This is slightly different. But probably yeah. having this and then Coppola's picked him helped. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and Jesus. then he's doing that, and he's worth working with Weinstein. Oh, he yeah. meets Stephen, and then Stephen, and yeah. then he's Matt Damon. Hell yeah. Nice. We're in such a good strain of movie. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Dun, dun. <laughs> Before that, the rankings. Number eight. The good old boys. The good old boys. Am I going next or are you going next? I think I went 
first last time, so you go first this time. Number seven, Rising Sun. A Field of Dreams. <laughs> Number six. Yes. Field of Dreams. Rising Sun. Number five. Uh. I know what mine is. What fucking movies have we watched? Geronimo. Geronimo? I think it's Geronimo. Yeah, Geronimo. Number four. <laughs> oh my god, this is hard! I know what number four is. Um, I know what both our numbers fours are. Do you want me to tell you? What the fuck movies have we watched? Do you want me to tell you what number four is? Yeah. School Ties. Oh yeah, of course, School Ties. Number three. Ah, I just spilled water on myself. I was so excited. What's number three? I hate that I remember all of these. It's number three is Mystic Pizza. Number three is Mystic Pizza. Number two. Yeah. Courage Under Fire. Glory Days. No! No! <laughs> I knew. I. As I was saying to you last time, I think I enjoyed Glory Days so much because I watched it with you and you were having such a good time. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if I would love as much if I watched it by myself. Fair. Yeah, yeah. But you like that is that is an ear text for you now that movie. I yeah, think absolutely. I think it's gonna be number one for yeah. the rest. So is of this the your show. number one? I think so. Yeah. Under Fire. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. My number one is still Glory Days. I um, like it more than Mystic Pizza. Yeah, I do. I was surprised I liked it more than Mystic Pizza. I I was worried the first five minutes. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But I think because I watched Mystic Pizza, I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed Mystic Pizza. Yeah. I think it was just the first one we did and we were expecting some clunkers. Yeah. And it isn't, it's good, but it's not like, like this I'm like, oh, I'd, have to, I'd watch this again in a heartbeat with like a new, like people because yeah. I thought it was very, very good. I'm not just saying that because Matt Damon plays a prominent role in it. But it is good. <laughs> I would yeah. recommend watching it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Acting, everyone's great in it. Costumes yeah, everyone's great fantastic. Denzel was so good. Oh, love Denzel's haircut. Yes, it's so oh, good. Oh, I wish that haircut would come back. It's so cool a lot. Um, yeah. What yeah. are you doing for our next film? What's our next film, Hannah? Hey, Hannah, what's what's our next film? Our next film's Chasing Amy. <laughs> who Who is in that one again? That's Matt Damon's in that one, right? Ben Affleck's the main character. Ben Affleck is the main character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's why my phone's fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone refuses to... Uh, I know, I know who the director is. Will I read oh, yeah? it? Who's, who's the director, Hannah? Fucking Kevin Smith. Yeah! <laughs> Will I read out the byline and the info yeah. for... This one sounds fucking crazy. 1997. Uh-huh. We're, in 19, we're, nine, we're in fucking 1997. Matt has three movies in 1997. Yeah. It's not who you love, it's how. Mm-hmm. Holden and Banky are comic book <laughs> artists. Yeah! Everything is going good for them until they meet Alyssa, also a comic book artist. Yeah! Holden falls for her, but his hopes are crushed when he finds out she's a lesbian. Happy Pride Month, y'all. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> so the char- oh, the characters in this are, or the actors are, Ben Affleck as Holden. Uh-huh. Alyssa is played by Joey Lauren Adams. That's three first names. What yeah. is she in? <laughs> she's in Days and Confused, Big Daddy, Mall Rats. She's just one of yeah, one of Kevin Smith's. Jason Lee, who's my name yeah. is Earl. And he's in The Incredibles, I didn't know that. Um, then, uh, e. White, uh, D. White L. Eon? I don't know him. He seems to be yeah. another one of Kevin Smith's. His other main credit here are all Kevin Smith movies. Sure. And then it's Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Uh, who, who plays them? Uh, Kevin Smith <laughs> and Jason Mewes. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Uh, Casey is in this as little kid. <laughs> um, Matt Damon is a guy called Sean Oren. Uh, I know. I think I know who uh, Matt Damon is in this movie. Okay. I think he's like a producer in it. Because I said yeah. there's a, a very good. I recommend it. It's Ben and Matt on Variety. They talk about all the movies they're in together, and they make a big point. They're like, we're actually not in that many of each other's movies. Yeah. Like they're only like, like I think Matt has he's more of a speaking role than he did in da- uh, Glory Days, but he doesn't have a big role in this. I think he's in like one scene. He didn't have a speaking role in Glory Days. Yeah. He didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> what are you doing in preparation for this? Uh, I'm doing two things. Only one of which I will reveal now. The other of which will become apparent. You uh, fucking dress up as Silent Bob. I'm, I'm saying nothing, but. Uh, <sighs> I am going to be reading, or I'm going to continue reading uh, Kevin Smith's entire Marvel and DC bibliography, which is cursed. <laughs> we finally got to the good episode. Yeah, we're, the guys. Next, the next episode is finally going to be the good one. We're into a, such a great, I'm saying this to Sean today, we're about to start a fucking a banging run of movies. Yes. We've uh, got Chasing Amy, The Rainmaker. Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, Rounders, which people, some people love. I don't sure. know. Dogma, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and then Titan A.E. Hell yeah. Now Titan A.E., I don't know how good Titan A.E. is. Me um, neither. And then we're into some, then we're into some clunkers. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But the next like month and a half, oh, month and a half, this is, this is when Matt Damon becomes Matt Damon. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. when he... Okay, we we've got we've got fucking Kevin Smith movie. Right? <laughs> Kevin chasing Amy is the one that really kicks off his career. I'm no, sure. <laughs> no. Um, we've got one more silly episode, and then we're becoming proper film critics. Sure. <laughs> this is when uh, I had a. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> uh, we might be getting our first guests on at some point soon. We had an email. Yes, we did have an email. Uh, we got an email from uh, my housemate, <laughs> Ryan, uh, while we were on the way to the club last Friday night. We sound like we go out way more than we do. It's just because we happen to be recording almost directly after every time we go out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, we just have been going out a lot over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we've gone clubbing. I've gone clubbing. And it wasn't, really, it wasn't really clubbing that I went to. It was, no. uh, yeah. I did get invited to a, a rave on a, like beach island afterwards but i was too sleepy to go i'm sad you didn't go because i think the stories would have been incredible yeah i think you would have died i don't think any of us were physically capable no if it was like 10 o'clock you would have gone Um, yeah but it was nearly 2 a.m yeah i'd had my kebab burger and Mm. (laughs) Uh, my kind of goal is i never go to another location after two yeah i go home sure i'll stay up after we get home and have like an like some toast and some tea and try and sober up I'll never go to another location. Yeah. Because that's when mistakes happen. Yeah. Um, uh, so, we got a, an email I from, read this email because I was so excited and I fucking lost my shit. Yeah. It's so funny. From my housemate, Rian. Hello, Rian. They don't listen. Yeah, they're upstairs, I think. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Soundwave Pod. <gasps> that's us. First time caller, long time listener here. Just want to say how much I've been enjoying the podcast recently. You guys are crushing it. Thank you. This is going to be soured a little bit by a revelation that's coming up. <laughs> by a shortly. second act twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, just thought I'd email in to say you guys should have a and a section. We do. You might have one already, but I've never listened to the show, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway, here's a question to get you started. Thanks for our first question, Reem. 
Were you sitting beside Rain as they were yes. writing? <laughs> yeah, I was standing on the Lewis beside them as they were writing this. Never mind. I was going to ask a question about the titular Matt, but I've genuinely forgotten his second name. I keep thinking it's Matthew Mercer, but it's definitely not. So that's a good first question, I guess. What's the dude's second name again? Oh, my love, Rian. Matthew Page Damon. MPD, Matthew Page Damon. Matthew Page Damon, Matthew Page Damon, Matthew Page Damon. <laughs> You're going to summon him. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Killian, bring him uh, to me. Um, I'm loving um, all the Oppenheimer uh, stuff, which is just yes. Killian Murphy and Matt Damon hanging out. Because it's just powerful energy. Yeah. Like they should they seem like they like each other. It doesn't feel like they should like <laughs> yeah. each other. Did you see the trailer for fucking Wonka? No. With Timothy Chalamet. How's Timothy Chalamet doing? Awful. Of course it's it is bad. A genuinely astoundingly bad performance from the trailer. And if that's Because he's a he's a really good actor. I have yet to see him be good in something. He's good in Call Me By Your Name. All I've seen him in is Dune and I wasn't a fan of him in Dune. Oh, you didn't like him playing little wet Paul? No. Um, he's very, very good in Ladybird because he's just playing sure. a soft boy. Oh, okay. He's playing himself. He's, yeah, he looks like a soft boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's good in Little Women. Sure. Um, yeah. But yes. He's uh, no Paul Mescal. No. Um, he's no Matthew Page Davis. Matthew Page Davis. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not drinking. We're so giddy. We're so giddy on the like potential for... Yeah. Uh, I, my... Honestly, my highlight of the podcast is coming up so soon. Sean's going to be like, yeah, Hannah, I, I want to quit the pod. We've done the Chasing yeah, we Amy. we did the Chasing Amy episode. I'm done. <laughs> Jay, oh, ah. Both Jay and Silent Bob are going to be in it. I can't wait. What if you hate this movie? Are you being really funny? <laughs> I show up having done the things I'm going to do for the next episode and I hate the film. <laughs> um, we're so close to him. To Danny DeVito. The little man himself. I love him. <laughs> um, if you have anything you want to tell us about Kevin Smith or Danny DeVish, you can let us know at signwavepod at gmail.com. That's signwavepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Instagram and our Twitter, signwave. I'm going to get better making the reels. I made one. It took too long. Haven't done it since. <laughs> Been very busy recently. Yeah. yeah uh, you can send us in an email so long as it's not like horrific. We'll read it out like we did just there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'll tweet out a couple pictures of those Operation Desert Storm trading cards once, once we're done recording. Um, we, for context, we just released the Geronimo episode. So yeah, we fucking released it yeah, the, yesterday. Look um, how good old I'm, boys episode's going to drop this I'm, week. And I'm giggling. Oh, yeah, that's dropping on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday. It's dropping when you are starting your premiere. Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm deep in the mind of editing together the nightmare that will be the, the glory days that's episode. gonna be a two hour episode i i haven't got a defined time frame on it yet but it's there's a solid chance it could be two hours you'll know by now if it is because it's out because this yeah. is for a context this is an hour 40 i did not think this episode would be an hour 40 i did not either my bad but no i was like i'll be home at eight um, it is fucking i'm gonna get a pizza slice and go home hell yeah any recommendations for a song for the end of this what were we humming earlier I was having clown music. Uh, oh, I didn't plug my music I've been listening to this week. No, you didn't. I've been listening to some a lot of 50s music. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit is featured very prominently on my rotation this nice. week. Um, but also Summer Wine by Nancy Sinatra. Yeah. And that's a fucking bang song. Nice. What song should we do for the 
Just do America by Simon and Garfunkel. Just do American Idiot. Do American Idiot. Yeah, do American Idiot. I watched this earlier today. Uh, I think we are looking okay. Be, be, be. Ah. I'm so sad we never got our Sharks versus Jets moments. And Me too, tired. yeah. I was trying for it. I was pursuing yeah. those plot points. But everyone else just wanted to be freaking idiots. <laughs> God, uh. imagine being feral. Could not be us. Hey, I'm very civilized.